Okay, um, what does church do? Um, what does church do? By the way, who are you voting for on Tuesday? <laughs> okay, okay. I just wanted to find out. Your, you just want to know that your PVC won't work. <laughs> but um, it's interesting and it speaks to... Um, I know there are some Trump supporters who cannot shout here, but it's okay. <laughs> we know us. Eh? <laughs> All right. No, 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 okay. But it's interesting um, how... how um, leadership is such a big issue and that's one of the things I'm speaking of. What does church do Monday to Saturday? Um, church prays. Um, so Jesus is very uh, clear when he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So church prays on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Church prays. And when a church does not pray, there's a problem. And when I say church prays, I don't mean we have a prayer meeting. Yes, we have prayer meetings. Uh, we've got sunrise Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. to 7. We've got, uh, we pray on Saturday and Thursdays, we pray on Saturday. But church prays. It means that we pray for each other. It means that we pray for each other. It means we pray with each other. Um, one of the things we do at LifePoint is, um, we're some WhatsApp group, and um, every once in a while we say to people, if you want someone to pray for you, you put up a, a word. And when you put up the word, people know that wherever you are, wherever they are, to lift up a prayer for you. This week, I want to ask that LifePoint should please pray. There are lots of things to pray for. Um, you can pray for the person next to you. If you're someone you don't know, um, ask them for their name. Um, just ask, go ahead, ask for your name. If it's someone you know, then look behind you. Ask, look for someone you don't know. So just make a note of them. Please give them your real name. This is not, this is not where to do. Give them your real name. Let me ask, look for somebody you don't know now. It's a job. <laughs> um, and just pray for them. Short praise. Uh, pray for your church. Pray for the people you see in church. Pray for the people you haven't seen in a while. Uh, pray for the brother you saw in church who had a bit of a long face. Pray for the person in church who you heard a report that wasn't so positive about. Pray for the person who you saw them um, writing funny things about on social media. Or pray for us. Pray for your pastor. Um, pastor in a church. Um, as you know, I'm bivocational, so I work also. It's fun on certain days. and other days, it's, it's, it's not as much fun. Um, also pray for me but pray, church prays uh, and, and it's a very different thing when, when church prays okay? so please just look at the person sitting next to you and say please pray for me okay alright right. Well, it's very important um, very important alright so my very quick and, and today is, is interesting I am not as um, what's the word I am not as sober is that the word as I normally am and I feel I'm going to be a bit jumpy so pardon me if I am today I'm going to speak about leadership opportunities um, most of November I will have this conversation about leadership um, and I I will start from Genesis 1 28 where God speaks to man last week when we spoke about fruitfulness we said in that mandate reflects God's heart for man. So God speaks to man, you know, fruitful, multiply, have dominion. Essentially take control, be able to exert influence. 
subdue it, fill the earth. And that begins to speak about leadership. And it's always interesting when we speak about leadership, how people have uh, different definitions and different understandings of what leadership means. Um, one thing is important to say is that you know leadership is about influence, right? And God wants to influence us so that we can influence others. It's very important to put that on the table. God seeks to influence us so that he, we can influence others. He says to um, the disciples, one of them, he says, you know, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. It means that I will put you in a position where you are able to interact with people and cause them to move from one place to the other. Um, leadership is more than just a position. We will discuss this in the coming weeks, but leadership is more than just a position. Leadership opportunities are essentially about influence and the establishment of order. Um, and not necessarily for self-glory, but um, and it's interesting how when we think about leaders, the first thing we think about is people who have positions. And there is such a thing as positional leadership, but it's not all about that. Um, I remember being in the university and uh, in my fellowship, we used to have prayer meetings on Saturday morning. We used to call them early morning prayer meetings, okay? And it was really early. It's like 6 a.m. or something. Really, really early, okay? Um, and this, so I stayed outside campus. And so this particular Saturday or Saturday morning, I'd stayed, slept over in the medical hostel, which was in the middle of the campus. So we could, you know, go, it was closer to the sports complex. Most, so like when Toy was sharing, she talk, talked about this place in uni, like what the, the waterfront or something, that's where they, they go and pray. In my school was the uh, sports complex. So if you had the privilege of school in Nigeria, your school probably had somewhere where people would congregate. Those of you who were away, I'm really sorry that you missed out on this part of the Christian experience. But um, that morning, it, we woke up at 5 a.m. or something, and it was raining badly. And um, I remember, so first we got up, you know, hoping the rain will stop, and we had gathered at the end. So by the time I got to the entrance of the medical hostel, there were a bunch of fellowship people there, all waiting for the rain to stop. Sports fellowship was, sports campus was a, maybe like five, ten minute walk from there. But the rain hadn't stopped. It wasn't looking like it was stopping. And there was a gentleman, we used to call him JB, and he was, I think he was an associate pastor at the time or something. And one thing he did that morning, you know, stayed with me for a lifetime because, you know, we had all of us were waiting, just, you know, time was getting closer to prayer meeting time. And then, you know, when the guy just, I think he took a medical, a lab coat or something, covered his head, stepped into the rain, and started going to sports complex. Not a word to anybody. And it was like, it was, it was amazing what happened. It was like magic man after man, nobody left behind, stepped into that serious rain. You know, this was, of course, this was before the time of uh, Fumi Wig and all the other expensive things that people can no longer put in the rain for Jesus. But, <laughs> but, and we're students, you know, 
But it was, so just imagine all of us, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 of us waiting there. And then he just generally steps out and starts to head off. Not a word. Not a word. And of course, I mean, by the time it was, I mean, the third person had gone. You know, in your heart, you kind of knew, ah, I won't be the sinner that, <laughs> that will now stay behind. But what was amazing, and it stayed with me all my life, was how much influence one person's step in a particular direction can have on other people. Matthew 20, 25 Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. So leadership is about service. And Jesus says, um, You know how there's a, an order of leadership in the world where people lord it over other people. If you are in Lagos, like me, you know how you feel when somebody drives by with a siren. I, I don't know how, okay, I know how I feel because the first thing I do is to assess who is driving, who is the person. Sometimes I want to just horn for that. Are you, is everything okay? Why, where are we rushing to? You know, and I cannot, even when there's no need to, but people then lord it over other people. First Peter 5, 2. Bible says, be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. So leadership is about influence. It's about causing people to move in a positive direction. And there's bad leadership. Um, history is filled with bad leadership. And we have examples of leadership that has destroyed whole nations. Um, what I'll discuss next week is where do great leaders come from? Where do great leaders come from? When we just look at the Bible and look at the leadership development parts of a couple of great leaders in scripture. For some reason, for next week, the more I've thought about it, I've, I keep on seeing this whole Superman thing. And, you know, he had um, the what is this? Alternate. Sorry? Clark Kent. Go girl. Okay. Femi, you didn't know this one. Okay. So Clark Kent. So where do, where do great leaders come from? And that's what's been in my heart. But we'll try and draw a parallel between what we see in scripture uh, and how Jesus assembles his team of leaders and our own contemporary 2016 experience. And the week after that, I'll speak about leading from where you are and talk a bit more about positional leadership and all that. But to the point, so leadership opportunities. Um, when I was in the university, I had this definition for opportunities, not necessarily elegant, but it worked for me. So I got it from Ecclesiastics 9-11, where it says time and chance happens to all men. And I will say to myself, when I prayed, I will say to God, let there be openings in time and in space for the performance of you know X and Y purpose. That is how I viewed um, opportunities, just openings and the temporal and spatial dimensions you know, and it says time and chance happens to all men I believe that our lives are filled with leadership opportunities huge amounts of leadership opportunities let's start by looking at our country by the way, 
you know, nobody is born into a country by mistake. Um, you know, if you read Acts 17, 26, it uh, says that God, you know, beforehand he made nations. He determined where they would stay. He determined the times that those nations will exist. He marked out their territories and their boundaries. We read Acts 17, 26. So you are a Nigerian, not by choice. You are a Nigerian by divine ordination. And part of your destiny as a person um, has the whole Nigerian discussion scripted into it. And I know sometimes you don't want to be a Nigerian. Sometimes you just want to be from Syria alone or some fancy country. Okay? Um, but what? Well, in case you're from Syria alone, I'm not dissing you guys. Just, I don't want you to come and meet me after service. Um, but most of us wish we were Americans, right? Or, or you just wish, uh, some of you, you know, just wish, why, why did my parents not just, you know, have me in America? And if you're like, you know, one of five siblings, when you're the only, you have five siblings and you're one of five and you're the only one who they did not bring, just like you knew that the village people were working in advance of your arrival. That's how you feel some. You're like, no, but this is not right. You know. Um, by the way, I heard one of our noble, uh, some great leader in our country said, if somebody wins the US elections, that he will tear up his green card. Every time I've read that, and I've simply said, don't tear it up. Just give it to me. There's <laughs> no sense in wasting this. I'm not opposed to <laughs> just give it to me. Okay, so our country, Nigeria, presents... It's not a mistake you are here. It's in God's plan. And you know when we talk about our country, Nigeria, it's a, it's a case study in, in, in a lot of things. In fact, if we want to talk about bad leadership, yeah, the, our, and our country is a, it's a case study for it. When you read John chapter 10, I was looking at it yesterday, Jesus begins to speak about four people. He speaks about the strangers. He speaks about the thieves. He speaks about the hirelings. He speaks about the shepherds. He speaks about strangers. And I, I, I like those terms. He was talking about something else, but I, I like them. And I said, this talks about the types of leadership. And in our country, there's a huge deficit of proper leadership. If you read what the scripture we read in Matthew 20, earlier and you compare, you understand there's a huge deficit. Just where we are as a country reflects the fact that there's a huge deficit of leadership, proper leadership. In fact, there, there are lots of thieves in our country who have been leaders. And I say this with very all due respect. Um, there are lots of hirelings who have been leaders in our country. Um, I've had the, my father was a local government chairman. My father was, uh, went to Bendel State, was a member of the Bendel State House of Assembly. So I've known people who were in office before. Uh, but w what happens when you hear what has happened in our country over the last 10 years, 15 years, when you hear the money that people have used to go shopping, as it were, you know that there were evil people in government. And what happens, you know, we've spoken about how interaction with counterfeits sometimes reduces your appetite for the original. What happens is because we have encountered so much bad and negative leadership in our country, we have a very odd reaction to leadership now. 
um, I said this a couple of months ago that I sensed that there was a handing over starting already. In fact, what I said, if I remember, was that God, as it were, was stepping over generations and beginning to call younger people into positions of leadership in our country. In Ezekiel 21 and 27, the prophecy says, I will overturn, 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 and it will be no more until it comes to the right of the one who I've given it to. And, and I sense that in our country, there are leadership opportunities. So we see things happen in a chaotic manner, and it seems like it's just cycles and cycles and cycles. And it's important that as people of faith, we see God's hand in the changes that are happening very rapidly. And there are leadership opportunities. There are cycles of turnover that will happen until God's plan is expressed. It's, you know, where is the better place to shine than in darkness? So the chaos that you see in your country, and I speak to you, most of us as Nigerians, today is a call for leadership. It's a call for leadership. I I um, listened, so the, the vice president um, was speaking to me this week. Okay, but he was speaking to a group of people and I was in the room <laughs> this week. But he did look up to the gallery where, where I, I was seated and I thought I caught a glint in his eye as he looked up to me. So I took, I took the discussion personal, you know. <laughs> so the VP was speaking to me this week and that really sounds good. <laughs> okay. Um, so the VP was speaking to us this week at the meeting and he told a story this is, this is a lot of name dropping but he told a story about that he heard the president tell so in a sense the president told the VP to tell me this story that I'm now telling, <laughs> telling you and he talked about a general who um, said so the general had gone to um, for a training or something in Maiduguri I remember that part and they you know, finished the meetings, fed the generals, and then the general was being driven back to his base. But unfortunately, they hadn't fed the drivers. And um, I think they got to a place in the, in the, on the journey where they were supposed to get on the bridge. And he said, the driver said to the general, oh, well, I, uh, I see two bridges. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I said he immediately stopped the driver, turned around, and they, you know, they went to look for somewhere to eat. And the driver got food, and they started the journey again. And they got back to the bridge. And this story has to be true, because the vice president told me. He said, the president told him. And he said, they got to the bridge again, and the driver then said, ah, now I see one bridge. Okay? And his point was how hunger distorts vision. And so sometimes the things we are chasing so desperately and the very basic needs distort um, our ability to perceive things properly. And what I took from that was how there are leadership opportunities in our country. And I do not believe that this wasn't God. I believe strongly that this is God ordained. But I, I sense that there's a lot of people who are letting hunger distort their perception of these leadership opportunities. I sense that there are lots of people who are letting hunger. When God hears the cry of people, you read through scripture, you read the book of Judges, 
and how he would raise Gideon and to other people. When you read Genesis chapter 3 verse 9 to 10, he would say, I have indeed heard the cry of my people and I see how the Egyptians are oppressing them. He says, now I am sending you to the king of Egypt so that you can lead my people out of his country. God does not ignore the cry of suffering in countries on the earth. What he does is that he raises people. So there are leadership opportunities. And I just wanted to put that on the table. But when you see the chaos in our country, do you as a Christian recognize that it's a leadership opportunity? So our response to social injustice, our response to the oppressed and downtrodden in society, our call as Christians to defend the weak and those who are unable to fight for themselves. It's a Christian call to leadership. Matthew 25, 40 to 45, Jesus explaining to his disciples says, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me, then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who were cast into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me um, in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. There are huge leadership opportunities in our country. The statistics for poverty, what's happening up north, what's happening in different parts of our country, points to huge amounts of leadership opportunities. In fact, just to even model proper behavior in our country is a leadership opportunity. I strongly say and I believe that Christians are not meant to break the law. So Christians do not give or receive bribes. I think I should say that again for somebody. Just <laughs> Christians do not give or receive bribes. Christians do not beat traffic lights. Christians queue up. Christians drive with a license. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. But our country, so I mean, and I, I was gonna I was tempted to ask your neighbor to show you their driver's license, but hey, <laughs> we're in church, there's mercy. But if you don't have a driver's license here. And get one. It's illegal to drive without a license. I know we don't, even the one we get, it's not really a license. Yes. But go and get one. All right? Amen. Amen. I, I speak now. Amen. Don't let, the, don't let your conscience drag you down. Speak, speak, speak. But so there, there are opportunities in our country. And you don't have to become president. Only one of us, one of our what, a hundred and something million people will become president every other four years. You don't have to become president. You don't even have to become vice president. If you become president, fantastic. 
fantastic. If any of you becomes president, I, I personally would love to spend one year of my life with God's permission as the chaplain for the, uh, the chap for the, I'm just putting it out there, for the, uh, what do you call this thing, the, 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 the president, like, the, I just, I, just one year of my life, I just really want to do this. I'll take, I'll sacrifice for the country. So if any of you becomes president, but you do not have to become president to take hold of the leadership opportunities that exist in our country. There is so much happening in your country. And I worry that too many people are hungry, including the well-fed. And so what happens is that you cannot see God shouting, calling your name. So we say, oh, but if God were like Moses, appear to me, born in fire, born in bush, that's not of course I will step away and I would even be, take off my shoes and strip my clothes and hear the call of God to lead. But God is shouting at us every single day, week, month and asking us that the cry of the Nigerian people, would you please lead? And you say, no, I want to buy the iPhone 7. I want to even buy the Samsung that explodes. I want to buy the, I, want to, I want to buy the Range Rover. If I don't buy this Range Rover, my destiny is not complete. I, I want to hammer and I want to buy the 700 Naira ice cream or whatever. Okay? But they're national opportunity. And the truth is that if you were American, the opportunities for leadership will be different. If you were in Liberia, they will be different. If you were in Norway. So the peculiar ones that God has given us as a people of faith in the season, what are we doing with it? They're generational opportunities. It's a bit inelegant, but I'll just tell you what is on my mind when I say this. That beyond geography, there are seismic shifts happening in culture, in philosophy. It, it's, there's, there's conversations in our generation that are happening that are shaping the realities of our lives. And they're shaping the parts of people who are coming behind us. The conversations that have happened over the last 10 years, 20 years, which define what is okay and what is not okay. Define what you can say and what you cannot say. Who would have known that in 2016 it would be perfectly okay to wear jeans that were torn severely at the knees? Who would have known? Because I see it, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. But, <laughs> but there's a conversation that brought us there. The greatest voices of our generation, some of them do not hold political power or position. And some of them are not even people of great educational backgrounds. Job 29 and 7, Job was speaking of himself and says, When I went to the gate of the city and took my seat at the public square, it says the young men saw me and stepped aside and the old men rose to their feet. Same thing when you read Proverbs 31 and I think 33 when speaking about uh, uh, the woman she speaks about. It says her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. I mean with social media we found that people have voices that are louder than their voices. Um, and I said last week to us as we talked about fruitfulness that God's work does not stop. God's work in you does not stop with you. 
God's work in you does not stop with you. So regardless of your age, gender, tribe, God has called you and I to be influencers. So the national opportunities, our country is full of opportunities to lead. There's opportunities in our generation to lead. This one I said, the spiritual opportunities. So again, not the most elegant way to phrase it. But I strongly believe that the ability to influence the eternal destiny of someone's life is a great leadership opportunity. The ability to influence where someone ends up on the other side of eternity is a great leadership opportunity. I mean, economic policies are fantastic. Um, you know, dealing with national issues is fantastic. But being able to influence where someone will end up for eternity is one of the biggest leadership opportunities that we have. Um, the gospel is the power of God for the ultimate transformation experience. So when you read Romans chapter 1, 16, Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all that believe. And so I worry that Christians do not sometimes understand the nature of the influence that we carry. In Matthew 5, 13 to 14, Jesus will say, you are the salt of the earth. He says, if the salt loses its saltiness, wherein will it be salted? Be thrown on the feet and all that. It says, and then you are the light of the world. It says, a city set upon a hill cannot be hidden. So my submission to us as people of faith, church, Christians, born again Christians, is that every Christian carries great influence already in the gospel has an amazing position in the spirit has an ambassadorial mandate already upon their lives you read 2 Corinthians 5 it says we are ambassadors for God um, so in the preaching of the gospel in the witness of our Christian lives there is such leadership opportunity available I love the fact that in Toyin's testimony, she says, look, I was from a Muslim background and I wasn't necessarily even the brightest of my siblings. Um, you all know that, it's when the Bible says we're the salt of the earth, you, you all know that there is salt and there is real salt. Okay. You know, when I was looking for an example to use, I the only ones I could find were very irreligious. Um, and I thought, these guys are just going to, you know, either going to judge me or something. But so don't tweet at me later. Just, this is the principle I want to explain from this example. I, I really know it's not right. So please do not tweet at me later. Don't, if, if you want to come and talk to me about it, you can. But don't tweet at me later about this. You know, we always have a laugh on social media when they talk about you know, the potency of different types of substances that people sometimes interact with. I'm not saying you have. Don't just look at me straight. Sunday morning, let's not go there, okay? 
but they speak about, they say, I have never had weed before. I have never taken weed before. My daughter is everywhere in service, so even if I had, I wouldn't say I had. Okay. <laughs> your father has never taken weed before. And I don't think your mother has too. Okay. <laughs> um, but they say that there are certain types of weed that people haven't. Bookie, you're nodding. This is, this, this is something you're familiar with. Okay. So, but the joke on social media every now and then is that, ah, that there's the type of weed you take and then there's ways you behave that astound, you do supernatural things. Alcohol. You know, there's alcohol you take and just recreation. There's alcohol you take on your body. And again, I don't drink. Um, it's, it's one of those interesting discussions we can have one day. Uh, but there's alcohol you can take and your body immediately signals that something has touched it. Um, <laughs> my question to us as people of faith is how potent is our Christian experience? When people come in contact, do they get the the special do they, do, they, do they know that something has happened? I keep saying that I get the sense that our body, when Jesus says, you know, you're the light of the world, let your light shine. But what happens is that there's so much flesh happening and then our spirits cannot really show forth. And there's a call to us in this season to not, A, not be ashamed of our Christian testimony or experience. Um, I love advocacy. We've got people, even in church, who do great things, who I respect deeply. And I believe that as a church, I mean, next year we will do as much as God will enable us to do. I'm looking for great ideas for medical intervention. I believe that healthcare um, is critical to God. I believe that as a church, we should contribute to the health. There are people who, are, who die in our country because they can't afford health care. And I believe that as long as we exist as a church, that we should contribute to making sure that people's lives are saved. So we'll do that. But I, So if you have ideas, buzz me, send me a message. But just the fact that you can actually introduce something to someone's life that can change them from going to hell for sure and allow them to end up in heaven. Even beyond what happens on the other side, that can change the nature of life here. Because when we speak about death, essentially it's separation from God. Let me put this together and I'll close. There are different types of leadership opportunities. Ephesians 5. Apostle Paul says to the church, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. It says making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So my challenge to us as a church is would we make the most of our leadership opportunities? I know that, you know, Sometimes leadership opportunities which you are not paid for often prepare you for leadership opportunities that will pay you. I know that for a fact. I know that the 
sometimes we miss leadership opportunities because they do not come gift wrapped with money, with fame or the promise of instant or immediate reward. I know that. I know that sometimes what happens is that we say, but I am not old enough. I am not rich enough. I am not educated enough. But if you start from the fact that you actually, so the way we say it is that we carry God, that God resides within us, you already have more than enough to lead. If you start from the fact that you can stand for order and propriety and just justice on your streets, in your office, on behalf of one person, if you start from the fact that you can stand up and speak for someone who is downtrodden, if you, if, you, if you start from the fact that in your generation you can raise a voice, you can speak into a conversation just to ensure that the paths that people live in reflect divine order, you have started leading already. So small leadership opportunities are what birth bigger leadership opportunities. Um, it's interesting that um, I said this last week and I'm just going to say it again. It's always fantastic if you have the end in mind. So I want you, I want us to think about the next couple of years of our life. What will, so what will matter to you when you are 50? Or 50 is a bit, 40. Just gently think about it. You at 40. Yeah, we can assume that you would have lost some weight. You'll be, or you'll still be the same way. But what would you, what would your life count for at 40? Uh, let's try 60 then. Of course, your hair started graying out. Nay, you won't have any hair left. Both of us will be bald. <laughs> 80. Ah, Falabi, you won't be singing and jumping like that anymore. <laughs> You'd have calmed down, singing hymns, whatever. <laughs> whatever we sing in those days. All this jump, jump you're doing in service. You'd have relaxed. You'd have 80. At 80, what would our lives... Because at that, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. So when we then stand before God, I said it last week, my sense is that God will not ask us, why didn't you buy the, the Honda? Why, why, did, no, why did you drive? Why did you drive Toyota? Why? Why? <laughs> it's not there. I'm, I'm also, I know for a fact there are some people who will question about the choice of team you supported. Why will you support mine? You are not. That's all those people. That's yeah. He will sort out. But what will God ask you? I'm not even going to tell you what it will be. But what you, the wisest way to live your life now is to make that discussion a priority. That discussion with God, you should make it a priority. That's the best way to live your life. What it does is that it exempts you from the rat race and you to step out of the crowd and not do what everybody else is doing. Um, I believe that I speak to a people who are called to great leadership. Not the one in the world where it's about position and lording it over people, but great leadership. Um, I pray that God will give us courage, that he will give us capacity 
and give us opportunities um, to take hold of those opportunities. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Amen.